Welcome to the Customer Experience Management Podcast, hosted by Anders Gustafsson and Carlos Velasco. In this episode, Anders interviews Joachim van der Veer about customer journey management. So welcome to the Customer Experience Podcast, and I'm really excited. We have a fantastic guest. We have Jochen van der Veer, uh, and we will have a nice conversation on, on customer journeys and probably the next generation of customer journeys, I, I'd say. But can you tell us a bit about yourself, Jochen? Sure. So I've been working in customer experience for like 15 years or so. Basically, my whole working career, if I now look back, wasn't that obvious in the, in the beginning, but uh, today I can look back and say yes. Um, I used to run a consulting firm where we were basically like a CX SWAT team going into a large organization and really help them understand like, okay, so what is our customer experience about? How can we align all the teams to work as one to improve the customer experience, innovate, do product design? really make sure that marketing and everything is aligned with what the customer needs. Um, but when we were doing that, we were guilty of using journeys for almost everything we do, right? The customer journey is like the map to show the dependencies between the customer experience and all these teams. And we realized that by doing that on those brown papers, on whiteboards, this was before COVID, right? Now everyone's doing it on, a, on, a, on the Myra and the murals of the, this world. We realized that it was great to summarize projects, um, but not so good at keeping the business aligned. So that's when we started digging like, hey, there must be a way to use journeys as a core process in the organization to manage the customer experience. And we realized there wasn't any solution out there. You have a ton of mapping solutions, visualization tools out there. That's great, but not something that you can actually use to manage journeys the way you manage products. And two years ago, together with my co-founders, we started building a solution, which is now a platform to support organizations for journey management. Really interesting. And uh, I think there's a great need for, for a solution like that, because most of the companies I, I meet, they are in the phase you're describing, um, doing the customer journeys, uh, and, and some do uh, new service solutions based on those, but, but uh, very little is, is done in terms of what happens after. So I, I think that that is a really, really good initiative. Right, right. Yeah. There, there's, a, there's a big shift. I think that the trend you're seeing is, is right. And we don't see that only here, like in, I'm, I'm in Amsterdam, by the way, at the, the point of this recording, we're based in Europe, remote, but we don't see this only in Europe or in Nordics, in, in Norwegian or, or uh, Sweden, where you are but also in the US. I mean, customer experience today is the differentiator for most organizations. It's like the strategy. What is the strategy? It's customer experience, okay? You can argue <laughs> if that is a strategy at all, but it, it is the highest order in business. It's top priority. And when everyone started like their digital transformation, started working agile, started to you know have a product mindset, experience used to be the domain of user experience, right? UX in your organization or product. But because today it's, it's everyone's game, you now see that everyone, every team, every vertical, every organizational body has a different version of who's the customer, what is customer experience about, how to improve it, what is our priority versus everyone else. So because it's now 
the company priority, everyone struggles to stay in sync, to work as one, to, to improve it. And people resort to journeys because that is a tool to create those overviews, see like how everything is related to the customer experience. But because they, these are flat, a whole new business problem arose last few years. No, I agree. And I mean, my, my and you may disagree because uh, we haven't talked about it, but my take on this is that uh, uh, most company, companies have a sort of big picture strategy. Uh, they, they can see what, what their competitors are doing and, and, and try to sort of mimic that. But, but in terms of customer experience, it tends to be small details you're focusing on instead of, of the sort of big picture aspects. Big picture aspects are, are easy to copy, but these small detailed nuances are much more difficult to capture for, for, for your competitors. And, and if you're able to customize something to sort of better suit your specific customers, you're much better off. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I believe that's true. And it's so hard to overlook how detailed you must get to deliver a great customer experience that that, that is mind-boggling i mean big picture like you know mapping out customer lifecycle and looking how your product portfolio or your services just fit into that that's not a hard exercise i mean that that's something everyone can do you don't even need a, a big firm consulting firm to help you do that some some organizations do that but okay so then you have that but if you trickle it down all the way to the smallest journey, like, okay, how do people actually experience buying your product for the first time, opening the box or going into your platform or site and logging in for the first time? What, what is that experience about? And how does that fit into the bigger strategy? I mean, this is the most granular level. And then on the top, you have your strategic level. Um, how do you connect the dots? And if you work only on products, if you work only on marketing, you miss all that nuance and all that alignment between all those little details in the, in the company. So that's also why we see customer experience or customer centricity is a no-brainer, right? Most companies are like, yeah, of course we're customer-centric. But in reality, uh, it's not more than a PowerPoint strategy for, for most teams. And I think that speaks to, to what you described as well. <laughs> How do you see that? Yeah, no, I have a similar experience but when... Uh early in my career I, I started to sort of do interviews with companies and then I you know first question are you customer centric or customer oriented and of course everyone was but but uh, once you started to ask well how are you customer centric what are you doing what what tools are you using what what methods are you using and and uh, that, that 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 is a much more difficult question to really answer and that, I think that's what, what what we're talking about here yeah, yeah and, and those companies typically say we're customer-centric because we talk to customers all the time. We uh, research everything. We have a lot of data. Okay, so talking about those processes, uh, still we see a lot of organizations capture the data and then what do they do? Jump to solution mode. Okay, so what are we going to do about it? No prioritization, no structuring, no mapping of the dependencies between all these teams. They just you know build whatever they think is, is solving that. <laughs> and we'll see and we'll measure if it was successful yeah and that's not really a way to to manage this i guess so uh let, let's let's move towards customer journeys and and uh that that is one of the tools that that we have in in uh, customer experience management which will sort of approach slowly 
but, but what do you see as a purpose of, of doing these customer journeys? So we use them, well, I'll speak from experience, but this is, I think, general. We use them to show what the customer actually does to you know, solve a problem, scratch their itch, or you know, find information that, that helps them to, to take on the next step. Um, it's basically a tool for company to look at the customer experience step-by-step step for a specific scope. And the last part is important because all too much you see companies make like these big life cycle journeys end-to-end. -end. If you're an insurance company and you're mapping out the customer life cycle, that can span decades, right? So how are you going to innovate there? It's, it's impossible. It's way too big. And we were trying to make journeys smaller so that you can say, hey, this is actually what a customer goes through almost in one go. And you can influence that and you can look at their experience, whether it's in line with what you as a brand want to do. But where it gets very, very difficult and, and where we see the benefit and also the limitations of the customer journey map as it has been practiced for, for years on end or maybe decades on end now is, is this. And I'll, I'll give you an example. When we were uh, working with like this large um, recruiting staffing firm, global staffing firm, they wanted to look at their talent experience, right? How do people actually go from job to job and how can we help them in that life cycle? Like, how can we keep them going to the next job that, that benefits them? What they soon realized is that because they had a global practice, we helped them interview and map out these journeys in, in four key pilot countries. So in, in the UK, in Belgium, in the Netherlands, where we were based, and in Portugal. And they were under the impression that, okay, so sure, we're going to map that out, and then we're going to get one, one final journey. We're going to innovate around that, and, and great, off we go. But as you can understand, like what, what the data showed is that the map is not the territory, right? Even though the, the steps were similar, the experience of how people experience a basic step in Portugal versus Belgium was completely different. So using journeys is a great way to see what people do, but then you need to make the next step is an under, understand like, okay, so what do we as a, as a company offer as a standard practice? And how do you want to make that localized version that makes a Portuguese job seeker um, feel heard, feel seen, and feel uh, respected? That could be something completely different than in the UK. Well, the steps, the processes underpinning that might be the same. It is the experience that makes it different. And then you go into the company strategy and think like, hey, what do we want to be known for as a business? How do we want to make sure that we are catering towards people's needs from our standpoint. So as you can see, the journey is a great tool as a starting point to map out what the customer does and how your business interacts with your features and services, but it's just a starting point. And in most businesses, and, and, and we were guilty at, at this as well, it was the end point. It was like the big reveal, Ta-da! this is how everything works, here's the insights. Now, what are we gonna do about it? Um, but the journey itself keeps evolving and keeps changing. And I think that notion is very important to, to, to get for businesses today. It's like that journey is the closest you can get, especially if you're a large organization, to walking in your customer shoes, to create that mutual understanding. And in product design or product management, you have the actual product, the application, the website, the app. You can go there, you can interact with it. 
and you have you know the workflow the the agile teams or the product teams or the project management software to help you go from epic to feature to story to sprint and, and plan it out it's two worlds with the journey map that is a recreation of reality and all those journeys together in a framework are like that is the customer life cycle right the customer experience made it of all journeys and then you need to look into how do you go from inside to implementation so you need to recreate a workflow on top of that as well so journey management and i know we're going to talk about it this is really a next big thing in business to start managing journeys the way they do products but it's more difficult because you also have to maintain a version of reality that's not so tangible as a product might be yeah thank you so much and and uh sort of and, and I'm not sure, again, I'm not sure if you agree with me, but, but uh, I, I hear that you're, when you mention different countries, it could be different customer profiles or uh, different customer personas um, that, that comes to life. You have to sort of contextualize uh, services uh, based on, on, on some background information that, that you may, 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 may have. Uh, so a, a customer journey, if you go, go into healthcare uh, for, for a 20-year-old, is quite different compared to an 80-year-old. So you have to sort of look, look at these from, from uh, sort of specifically look at these just to, to, to build a better understanding of what your customers are going through. And, and the, the second thing that I sort of tend to lift, and, and uh, you may or may not agree with me, uh, which I, I mean, I hope you, you, you disagree because then we can have a discussion. But, but uh, my take on these customer journeys, it, it, it tends to be a good way of, of uh, discovering problems uh, and, and, and maybe standardize some aspects if that's what you want. So uh, sort of focusing on what, what things have gone wrong in your process could be beneficial uh, if you understand where, where you're bottlenecks are for your customers and the other thing is uh, create measurements uh, to, to try to understand if if things has, has gone right uh, but but it's more it's more like quality assurance but doing this journey I'm not sure if you agree with me here uh, yeah yeah there, there are many ways to to approach this and the last one I definitely agree because a lot of companies start measuring and then say hey Here's what, what indicates that we need to improve and then they're going to map the journey. But what's more interesting is taking the other way around and say, hey, what do people do to ultimately buy our product or acquire our service or, or get something? If you, if you start there, map the, uh, really like how people actually are doing it, what they think, what they feel, what data you actually have to support that journey. To say like, okay, so we have a lot of visitors uh, that ultimately sign up to these people. You know, you support your journey with data. But once you've mapped that out and understand like how that particular journey runs, then you can start understanding, okay, so what do we need to measure to see if we're improving things or changing things or innovating around this journey? What are the metrics that we actually want to influence and how can we track it for successful? So starting with the journey again is different than starting with the data only. And that is an important point. But yeah. Maybe maybe going back, maybe I'm not sure if we agree or disagree, but but it could be interesting to dig into the persona a little bit because, okay, so who are the actors in the journeys? It's not individual customers, right? You, you try to create an archetype of a specific group of your customers so you can roughly see their experience versus someone who has a different mindset, a need-based profile, if you if you will use personas the, the way they are defined. But 
Splitting, for instance, in age, okay, kids and adults in a healthcare situation are very obvious, but splitting in ages is mostly not the most useful demographic to, to use for, for personas. Our demographics are maybe not even useful at all. So we'd rather say, look into the needs of people. And, and going back to the, the talents, we saw that a builder in the UK or a working mom in Portugal had a lot of needs that overlapped. They just wanted to some stability. They didn't want surprises. They were looking for the next job and knowing that if they took this job, it would set them up for the next job. And they would have enough leisure time for the mom. It was obviously for the, for the kid, for their, their children. And for the, for the builder, it was for different reasons. But their needs were pretty similar in how they approached job finding. So as you can see, a need-based profile, a persona is a great way to use as your actor in a journey, but the journey itself will show the variations between different countries or between different age groups, right? If you, let's say, are diagnosed with cancer, you need to go through all these steps to get, you know, into to some trajectory to get better. Um, whether you're an eight-year-old or a 50-year-old, those steps are probably pretty similar. Yeah, of course, you go into different departments in the hospital, but going through the steps and the treatment, that must be something that is already laid out. So the experience is something that you can influence, but looking at the journey is, is where you can actually capture the experience. So I don't know how you think about personas, but we often see like if you just use demographics or, or some trivial facts like age or, you know, watch as Netflix is a, is a mom of three, that doesn't get you far. No, I mean, if, 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 if we go back to research, that's pretty much what we're saying as well. I was just trying to exemplify why, by uh, having something that, that is sort of more tangible. So otherwise, we talk, may, may talk about the type of value you, you want to, to sort of get out of an organization. So how, how, how do you actually improve someone's life? Why are they there? What, what's, the, what's the job they want to, be, want to have done when they're working with you? And those jobs tend to be be a bit different, and and uh, uh, in in order, I mean, it's not written on, on the forehead what job someone is is looking for or want want to have achieved. So that's why we tend to go back and look at that demographics. But but in essence, it, it's more jobs to be done, and, and and trying to figure out if somebody wants this or something else, uh, they will have quite different. Uh, approaches to 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 our to our organization yeah, yeah and, and that is an important point because sometimes it does mean that the journey is completely different for this type of customer versus that type of customer whereas as, as a business you like to no, 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 no. It's, it's the same for everyone it's just yeah. experience that varies right but that's not true i mean a tech savvy millennial will do things vastly differently than than someone who is like not so tech savvy and uh, is used to doing it the old way. We work with a lot of insurance companies uh, and they have this, they have separate journeys for different technology users because it's such a different approach to, I don't know, filing a simple uh, receipt you got from your health uh, care institution for treatment that you want to file and get reimbursed for. People do that in, in so many different ways that the journeys and even the teams that support it are, are split and, and, and different. Well, from the customer or from the business perspective, I'm like, yeah, 
it's 2022 everyone can just you know file their receipt digitally using the app right no yeah not right right <laughs> no yeah. i can tell you it's not <laughs> uh, exactly but you also need to take into account like if you're a modern challenger insurance company uh then yes that is your only solution and you will exclude a lot of people from becoming your customer and yeah. that is also fine yeah. But that brings us up to like, why do we exist in the first place as a business? What do we want to be known for? And who do we want our customers to be? Who do we seek to serve? Those kind of questions, yeah, that's like more on, on a brand level, but customer experience really goes all the way from top to bottom or in the, in the hierarchy, uh, so to speak. Yeah, it, it does. I mean, because I mean, if, 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 if you look at how we select companies, we, we select companies we identify with, uh, they're personas if, if 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 that's a good word for it uh, their profile tends to be similar to you you, you that's why you pick them uh, so it's it's it is going all the way up as, as you say but let, let's move a, a bit more towards uh, what happens after this customer journey mapping uh, sort of how, how do we move from journey mapping to management yeah so one of the biggest things that we understood from the mapping, Part of it is that especially if you create those beautifully designed versions of the journey map you, you saw maybe hanging on the walls of, of large organizations before for the pandemic um, as soon as you implement a new feature almost just change a tiny bit of the service then that journey is like outdated and people don't care about it anymore so it ends up in the drawer and and we've seen excel files pdfs version 1.6 point dev point final all over the place, right? Today, people try to map everything out in, in whiteboards and then some stakeholders come in, accidentally remove everything, jump things around. It's just a mess. So the mapping part still, I think people struggle there a little bit, but once things are mapped, then basically you have part of reality recreated. You understand what the customer does. You understand how your services, features, communication flows, whatever supporting that journey, how it actually runs. And then if you do a really good job, you can even layer on the processes below, right? What process gets triggered? How do we capture data? What is actually influencing the, the system architecture? And who's responsible for that? But we'll get to that later. So if you have that for all your journeys, basically you have your whole customer experience set up ready instead of having all these maps all over the place in different files formats and in uh, different uh, parts of the organization, we now see that for organizations who are ready to make this journey-centric way of working reality for everyone, create a unified framework for all these journeys. And because it's once it's there, you can start working in it rather than doing one-off projects, creating a new journey, implementing a feature, and then go back to square one. No, you have a whole framework of journeys just like you have in, in product management whole framework of features that continuously get improved, continuously get worked on. And if you really understand that the journey, the way to align customer experience and all the business priorities in one place, then it's also easy to understand all these journeys together can be used to manage the customer experience as one, because everyone can influence different things in these journeys. So the step from mapping to management is pretty easy to make especially because those maps probably exist already in your organization. Some are better than others, and you probably need to do some more work on, on creating the, the missing pieces. 
But if you start layering on a framework like customer lifecycle, or maybe you have an ecosystem philosophy of your company, but bringing in all these journeys together in one place uh, allows you to start collaborating around that. And, and that is the shift that we now see like product-centric organizations make towards journey-centric organizations to set everyone up for success, to, to really work as one on improving the customer experience. Does that make sense? Do you, do you, it it do makes you... a lot of sense, it, but it, it also sounds like a lot of work uh, to sort of get all that organized. Do you have any good examples of companies that are doing this well? Yeah, so uh, we have a ton of companies that, that do this well, but they start small. So understanding the framework, so typically like if going back to that, that behemoth journey, right? The customer lifecycle journey, like 90 steps, 20 million swimming lanes, all over. I assume your listeners understand what, what all these details in, in the journeys are, like this is the journey anatomy, phases, steps, and, and the swimming lanes from top to bottom. Like big journeys with all information, hard to read, hard to understand, uh, crazy to maintain, and uh, no one really cares after everything is there. Basically, the life cycle is, is more like a framework of thinking in what stage is the customer in right now and in that specific stage of their life cycle, maybe if you're just you know, insurance, getting their first life insurance. So what stage of life are they in? What stage of the customer experience are they in? And what are they then doing step-by-step step, as a journey in that stage? And then again, you have different personas, people doing different things. So as you can imagine, it's most of our uh, customers have dozens, sometimes hundreds of journeys that all fit into a unified framework. And having that framework in place is relatively easy. There's a ton of research, ton of examples online to find like customer lifecycle, how to break it down, how to split that up. And that's, that's the easy step to do. And then you can look at what journeys do I already have in place? What do I really understand end to end when a customer does something? Typically, we see organizations have a better understanding of what people do where they can measure, like the moment they sign up for the service all the way to, let's say, buying a product and then starting to use it, or if you're an insurance, just signing the, the contracts and, and you're insured. That is where you can start, where you probably already have leverage. So those journeys start to fit in the framework step by step. And then they will surface the opportunities there for innovation, for marketing, for um, improvements on the features or services they have. But as you start to do that, and, and that's that's almost all companies, you want to understand, hey, I, I miss a piece here. I need to understand what happened before. All right, so let's set up a new journey. Let's let's make sure that we understand what the customer does. Let's talk to more customers. Let's get some more data in and understand that journey. Okay. But because they have that framework in place, um, they can do it step by step instead of the other way around where Usually the companies start like, okay, now we need to first have everything in place before we can start doing it. We flip it around and we now see Johnson & Johnson or NCR, some of our, our US companies, think about the framework and then start building up the journey step-by-step step where they currently know in, in Johnson & Johnson's case, patient experience is, is, is lacking. People are frustrated. There's, there's a lot of pain, literally pain here. So we need to, to start there. That's where we now want to innovate. So that's where the journeys are, where we need to look into. And where in the framework, maybe it's a little bit zoomed in on the, the part where they start. Maybe there are two or three journeys influencing this, this particular point they want to influence. 
But once it's there, they can move on or revisit the journeys and layer on new solutions or new innovations to it. So it's really like building that shared customer experience world. Um, doing that step-by-step step is a better approach than going, okay, we need to first have everything in place. Typically takes a lot of work and time, maybe a year. <laughs> and then you're nowhere. Yeah, you have all the information, but the customer experience is still the same because you haven't innovated anything. So you talk about a framework. What, what do you mean by a framework? So there's a difference between a, a customer journey map and a customer journey framework. And by splitting those two, you are doing your company a great service. If you're making a customer lifecycle map, then you still have like this, this big clunky thing that no one understands. But if you make a customer lifecycle framework, typically going from someone is not a customer, or someone is orientating, someone is becoming a customer, someone is onboarding, then they are a customer and then doing all these things and then ultimately they leave or they renew, right? That's the top of the framework. And then each of these stages, you're gonna break down into smaller stages, like on onboarding, for instance, or maybe becoming a customer, we'll be like, okay, so there is a trigger, right? Something happens in my life and I'm gonna start looking, discovering some solutions to my problem. And then I'm gonna compare all these things. So these are some of the smaller stages within there. And then you're gonna look into the journeys that are actually happening step-by-step. Step. And this is key because this is the first time I use the word journey. So all the things before is just the containers for all the customer journeys or the employee journeys or the client journeys to fit into the framework. So splitting framework from journeys will allow you to look at the customer experience as a framework and the journeys as the building blocks for managing that experience. So that's how I see the, the difference. I mean, makes a lot of sense then. and, and uh... It, it makes it makes it a bit easier to to exchange the building blocks or, or the journeys if 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 you're changing something. Uh, right. You know. You know. It's really. It's really cool. This was also a moment. Aha moment for me. Right when it clicked. So, if imagine you're a big bank, and you have all these different products. Right. You have mortgages. You have loans. You have bank accounts. You have you know a lot of financial products. Typically, the bank is organized in these products, right, in these verticals. Now, for all these products, as a customer, let's say I now want to get a mortgage, right? I bought a house or I signed a contract to buy a house and I need to, need to get a mortgage. At some point, the bank wants to know who I am, so I need to identify. So as a customer, I'm going to do this online identification, scan my passport with the camera, all these steps. All right, so next week, I want to open a bank account. And then the, the company, the bank again, needs to know who I am. So. Again, I need to identify. So as you can imagine, the journey of I'm going to identify, that's like a one-way one street, like this, I'm going to do end-to-end -end as a customer, I'm going to do it in one go. That is my journey, like, hey, okay, to get this mortgage, I need to, to identify myself at some point, I'm going to do it now. That's my journey. And you, know, you can argue whether we should have a pleasant experience, a wonderful experience, or just functional experience. It's a sidestep. But the journey of online identification if you now look at the uh, customer experience through the lens of the, the mortgage team, the personal loans team, the bank accounts, the, the personal bank accounts team, that specific journey influences customer experience in all of them. So if you go top down, 
you would create an online identification journey for mortgages. You create an online identification journey for personal loans. But if you look at it from the customer's perspective, there's just one journey, online identification. And you're doing a great job as a bank if you just have one journey designed and built for that part. And then everyone can use that. So again, using the journeys in that context. Together. And you can use journeys to create different views for mortgages and for uh, personal bank accounts. And if you take it one step further in the customer lifecycle, it also exists, right? In the part of becoming a customer. So as you can see, there's different ways of making frameworks, but the journeys exist once. And that is key because that's where the experience of the customer is. And when that clicked for me, it was also easy to, to turn that into a software solution that you can, can do that. But that was like, ah, okay, nice. Now we're into journey management. You've also done a lot of interesting work on how to redefine customer journeys. Uh, and you have a couple of steps uh, that, that you mentioned. You have organizing customer journeys, organizing teams, collaborating across journeys and roles and monitoring data and capturing results. Uh, can, can you maybe help us a bit uh, sort of step, go, go through these steps uh, so, somehow? Um, I would also encourage you to go to, to uh, uh, Jochen's website. Uh, there is a fantastic uh, session on these steps, uh, but, but could you make sort of help, help us understand them briefly? Yeah, sure. So um, yeah, we can link to the, the, the right uh, format in the, in the show notes so people can, uh, can read it again. So organizing customer journeys, I think we, we talked about it a little bit, but that is, that is the first step, right? Understanding that customer experience is made out of journeys really makes an organization go from, hey, we're vertically organized in products or divisions to like, no, the journey cuts across all these different departments, divisions. And okay, so then we need to figure out a common language around how we're going to agree on what's what. And that's where the journey framework really comes in. So typically starting with the customer lifecycle end-to-end in the, in the example I shared earlier, like breaking that down into a few stages is a great place to start because then you can start at the top of the hierarchy and start layering on your journeys. And you can then break it down into those stages and those stages can be broken down into sub-stages almost where you start bringing in your journeys. By the way, we're, we're bringing some new ideas to, to the market right now where we say, okay, if you have that framework defined, then in each of the stages, you would have your journeys. But if you're now looking at, for instance, um, the bank again, taking that life cycle, breaking it down, you could say the journey of becoming a customer through mortgages is different than the journey of becoming a customer through opening a bank account. So having a framework in place and structuring your journeys in that horizontal and vertical framework, I don't know if this, is, this makes sense, would help you to do that. But the first step you need to take is what is the best structure for our company, customer lifecycle, ecosystem, or something else to structure that. For instance, if you're in, in, in fast-moving consumer goods, um, we've seen a better structure where you actually take literally 
a year of a customer into account as, as your structure, right? If you're, let's say, a beer brand, you want to know how does the customer relate to beer throughout his year? So there's probably some festivities like Christmas and, and the usual stuff, but there's also some local events like here in, in the Netherlands, we have Carnival. So if you're a beer brand that serves beer on Carnival, you want to know how people are preparing for Carnival, what they're doing, how they relate to their friends and how you can make sure your marketing campaigns and your promotions are in sync with that part of, of the year of the customer. So there's many ways to think about the framework for your business specifically. Um, and, and, and we have a ton of examples on our site as well you can find. But having that is the first step to do. So if you've done that, you will also realize that because the journey cuts through all the departments, like we explained, like I'm going to sign up for a mortgage, I need to identify online. It might be that the, identification, the online identification journey is part of the, the product team building that feature. But mortgages is a different department. So organizing teams to support all these journeys um, is the next step you need to consider. You want to consider. Also, it doesn't mean that you need to go away from agile teams. You need to go away from marketing teams. But it can be more of, we're going to have journey managers in place. That's the typical step people take. So it can be from specific roles in the company. Sometimes it's marketing, sometimes it's product, sometimes it's CX, as we see it here, or service design. They become journey owners. They are the ones responsible for making sure the research, the data, the priorities, the features are in check. And they basically manage the journey from their role. It can be different things. And then because a journey by definition is cutting across these departments, there's different people from different teams involved in prioritizing the improvements, understanding the opportunities. But the journey manager, she or he is someone who coordinates this. So if, if your organization is allowed to do this, um, you, can, you can really set this up already. If you want to go one step further, you can also organize yourself around the journeys and, and go away from those divisions and say, no, we have journey teams for A, B, and C, much a little bit like like chapters could be in, uh, in the, the Spotify model, right? Some, something like that. But we haven't seen organizations do that successfully. It's better to start with understanding the journeys, assign managers for, for each of these journeys, big and small from different teams that have the biggest influence on, on this journey. So marketing product are the usual candidates, but can also be from CX service design or, or sales. It, it, it almost sounds like uh, you're sort of having key account managers for, for uh, more important customer groups rather than, right. than uh, for functions. Yeah. Yeah, so, so for, for, for us, for instance, we're, we're a digital product, right? We're an enterprise SaaS. So we have in, in our onboarding, in, in our customer lifecycle with onboarding, it can mean different things. So we have self-serve onboarding. We just have people that understand what they need to do. So the onboarding journey for people who understand what they want to do, need to do, and, and don't even need to talk to, to us to, to get there is managed by our uh, product manager. But we also have the buying journey where a large enterprise says, okay, ooh, uh, this is big. I need some handholding and I want to get information on how to do this properly, how to set it up, how to do this. So we help people to buy. Um, our sales director is owning that journey. And as you can see, together, the influence and onboarding. So as a company, you want to look into what is the useful structure for you. But getting started would be assigning people that can think in journeys, 
to the key journeys that, that you're working on. And then you can start collaborating, right? That's the third place. Assuming the journeys are there, they're mapped, they're complete, the data is there, everything is, is right, and you understand where the opportunities are. Um, and that's a key part, understanding where the opportunities are, not necessarily where the solutions are, but understanding where are the opportunities in, in the journeys I manage and how do they stack up to the opportunities other people are working on. Because from my perspective, in my journey, this is the opportunity I want to address. But as a business, that might not be a useful thing to do because we have another priority. And, and this is, well, you can go full podcast episode, I think, about bringing your customer experience strategy and, and your journeys in sync. But the general gist of it is, as a company, you have a strategy, and you're going to break that down into goals, right? Some people have OKRs, OGSMs, or quarterly goals, targets, product increments, whatever. Those are usually given. And now what you want to do is say, okay, so from these different goals, our company already has designed, decided we want to address them. What are the opportunities from the journeys I influence, from the journeys I'm working on, that are mapping onto these priorities? And by doing that, you can service these opportunities. And, and by the way, that, that's, that's what we build into the software, right? So service the opportunities in the journeys, bring them from all the journeys to one place, and then regroup them in line with your strategic goals. So what you're doing is saying, strategic goal is this, opportunities that are surfaced from all these journeys that we understand deeply are then gonna be prioritized. And I didn't talk about any solution yet. I'm talking about what are the customer problems, we framed as an opportunity for the business, that we have in line with our company goal. So it can be like 10, maybe 20, maybe 100, doesn't matter. You have 10, then, okay, so what is the value for the customer? What is the value for the business? You have all these different scoring mechanisms. I, I want to elaborate on this, but by doing this exercise with your leadership team, with your management team, or in your own team, you're starting to prioritize opportunities in line with the customer experience that map onto your business goals. And once you've done that, decide on, okay, so this is what we want to focus on, then you can start looking into solutions. What innovations you want to start working on? What experiments are we going to set up? What are the epics we already have on the back of that map onto this? What are the new ideas we're going to bring forward? What are the designs we're going to work on? So collaborating across journeys is really a matter of focusing on the right journeys and servicing opportunities in line with the customer experience strategy or company strategy, if you will. And by doing that, by giving the journey managers the responsibility of servicing these and, 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 and syncing them with the company goals, that's where you can start working across teams together. And that, that is the, the big shift actually that, that we see happening now in, in business using journeys. Um, and the last part, I think uh, you also mentioned it, right? Monitoring yep. data, capturing results. In a typical agile organization, we research a lot. We have a lot of journeys and then we jump into solution. We forget the prioritization part. From that journey specifically, it might sound like a feasible idea to solve that, but as I mentioned, it can be that it's totally disconnected from what the company is doing or where the company is going. Um, so let's say you have done the prioritization right. You know who's going to work on, on what type of solution, what we're going to build, or communication we're going to change. Is there a new marketing campaign needed to, to underpin? And how are we successful? And that's where... CX, customer experience, business strategy comes together. Like 
understanding what you need to measure to understand if you're 